Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Awijan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's a pleasure to be back on board once again today on this very windy day. Yeah, wind. Wind. Yeah, wind. It was a factor. This wasn't the Windy City. It wasn't Chicago and the pigeons are... are uh, <laughs> there's not only a wind factor, there's a pigeon factor. You know, the uh, the Purple Mafia pigeons, we'll call them, are uh, tooting their horn over there. <laughs> Why not? They can be part of the show, right? They're going to have to be. <clears throat> Anyhow, well, a windy day in Minnesota, a windy Sunday afternoon in November. Nice and warm, but windy. Okay, I've said that too many times. Minnesota Vikings, as expected, did win the game. And it was a close game. It was a dramatic game. It was a frustrating game. And I also predicted that, uh, well, Teddy Bridgewater would, uh, well, there'd be a, there'd be maybe risk of injury in a game like this. I was hoping the line could protect him. And uh, ultimately, it wasn't the line that hurt him. It was, uh, well, yeah. <clears throat> we'll, we'll get back to that very shortly. It was the old bounty gate. The bounty gate's back. Unbelievable. I mean, do I, do I rant about it now or should I get to it later? I guess I'll have to get to it later. The Minnesota Vikings ultimately win a, you could call it kind of a thriller, 21-18 to over the St. Louis Rams, a game that very easily should have been, I think, and many out there agree, should have been a much, uh, there, there should have been a much broader victory for the Minnesota Vikings. This game should have never made it to overtime. It should have been a 10-point win or so for the Vikings the way it was going. St. Louis Rams offense was not doing a whole lot. Yeah, their kicker was absolutely fantastic. I keep thinking of Steve Bierlein because his name is almost the same, but it's Greg Zierlein. So, I don't know. It, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess it's awfully familiar. Must, must both be German or something, but most likely. Uh, game of kickers in a windy on a windy day in Sunday. Okay, go figure. Uh, a day of inaccurate passing. Wind. Yeah, I mean, might as well call this show Wind Factor. In fact, that's what I was thinking long before the game even ended, that that would be the title of this episode, because that the wind would play a factor in this one. It did, for the most part. Actually, it really did, with the decision-making of Mike Zimmer late in the game. Imagine that. Teddy Bridgewater looked like he might want to try out for the Twins with some of those breaking balls he was throwing to uh, uh, Mike Wallace. I mean, <laughs> he was throwing breaking balls, and Mike Wallace was swinging and missing, boy. I mean, <laughs> wide open... Or, or semi-covered, whatever it was. Those were, I mean, he was throwing them right at Mike Wallace, and then they would just, boom, they would just drop down to the ground. And I'm thinking, what the hell? I mean, did he, did he practice the breaking ball this week or something with a football? I don't even know how that works. But I guess it works when there's a wind kind of blowing straight at you. It's just going to happen sometimes, or at some kind of diagonal angle, whatever it was. But it was mostly straight at you in that situation. So basically, Teddy Bridgewater was throwing to the, to the West at that point in time in the first half of the game. Very entertaining uh, in that sense. <laughs> kind of entertaining to watch. Kind of, he had a smile on his face on one that would have been an easy... He kind of had an embarrassed looking uh, look on his face. It would have been a very easy 25-plus uh, yard gain. It, was, it would have been a short gain in terms of the catch to uh, Mike Wallace, but he would have been gone for quite a while. Who, who knows how far he would have gone. Uh, but multiple times in this one. Mike Wallace and Teddy Bridgewater just couldn't seem to connect because of the wind, and then ultimately, sometimes Mike Wallace would drop some catchable passes as well. Didn't really understand why 
some uh, some of the local shows here, the post game shows, we're talking about just talking about the statistics of uh, Mike Wallace in this one. Yeah, well, he's targeted six times, only caught one, only had one catch for four yards. Yeah, but the wind, man, the wind. You know, the ball doesn't just break down like that. Okay, I was just having fun with the whole breaking ball thing. That might have been the title of the show if the Vikings ended up losing the game. The wind had some factor in it. I mean, did you try driving today at all? If, you, if, if you're local here in the Twin Cities, did you go out for a walk during halftime like I always do? The the Paladino halftime walk? Did you? Did you? I mean, <laughs> all right, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You, they, I'm kind of surprised they look just at the statistics. And I, that'll get me back to a, uh, a uh, very intense rant I faced from Sebastian early last week. And I was awfully tired, extremely grumpy, working my ass off doing lawn cleanups. And I'm still doing this because I'm luckily getting Sundays off at least. <laughs> um, ripping me for, he, he was calling everybody stat readers uh, regarding Xavier Rhodes. For me, it was more just kind of plays and such. He was frustrated with the way Xavier Rhodes was playing. And ultimately, I thought Xavier Rhodes definitely played better than he has, and he certainly didn't get snake bit by the refs, and Sebastian was uh, ripping me for uh, picking on Xavier Rhodes last week. I, I was a little bit tough on the guy, and yes, he has been snake bit by the officials, but I will say he struggled a little bit. A little bit. And I'm sure the referees and the, and the, the flags have been getting in his head a little bit. The fall colors, you know, the yellow the yellow flags have been coming down like crazy for him all year but luckily he didn't really face that today thank god now I'm kind of going all over the place and I do apologize for that but just thought maybe I'd apologize to uh, Xavier Rose and to Sebastian if uh, it pissed him off that much my goodness <laughs> he was a little bit pissed off I, I was like geez alright all right. it's just one of those things and I'm calmer now I was all mad at the time myself but I'm the kind of guy I don't really like to get mad and stay mad and all that unless you really do piss me off but yeah, we'll leave that alone. Let's get back to getting pissed off. Should 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 we get pissed off? Are we ready? Well, there's multiple the multiple guys got pissed off. Uh, Adrian Peterson got a little bit annoyed with uh, the media and such with the coverage of Todd Gurley. All like, oh, there you go. The f- the past meets the future. The future now. Here's the next best running back in football. He's already the best running back in football. Adrian Peterson's old news, just like with Indian Tomlinson was years back when Adrian was taken over in the late 2000s. Well, gosh darn it, it's Todd Gurley's time, and then Adrian is like, well, not so fast, and he ended up having the better game today, 125 yards, 4.3 a carry, only a 15 for a long, but it was at a key time, and like a lot of times last week, most of Adrian Peterson's quote-unquote dominance today were at key times. It was another Terrell Davis type of game, where he just continued to get the ball forward. That's the goal of a running back, regardless if it's a 68-yard run, to pay dut, <laughs> that's how we're going to sell, would say, or five yards, five yards, five yards. If you keep getting five yards, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're basically unstoppable. And he was, he had a Terrell Davis type of game today, not quite as dominant necessarily, but Terrell had plenty of 125 yard games to go along with his occasional 200. Or uh, Gurley um, was, he had some early moments, and then. Was real quiet. Uh, the, the Vikings defense really answered the bell against Todd Gurley today, and they get huge props from me and many others. Just huge props. Lots of pressure on Nick Foles. Lots of pressure on Teddy Bridgewater, but only one sack per team. Ultimately, Linval Joseph was able to record the sack in today's game. Actually, it was shared with Andrews and Dejo, but L- Linval Joseph was the dominant figure in that case. 
Oh boy. Yeah, this was definitely a game of defense all over the place. I mean, the Vikings defense overall was pretty good. It got beat on occasion, missed tackles here and there when Todd Gurley started making runs later on, and Nick Foles was completing some passes. But then the referees kind of were taking sides back and forth throughout the game. It was kind of goofy. It's like early on, it highly favored the Vikings, and thank you, we appreciate that. And then it absolutely favored the Rams kind of in the middle, like latter point in the game, maybe like the the third quarter-ish, pretty much. It kind of started to favor the Rams in a big way. Oh, boy. Ultimately, it was a, definitely a day of the defenses. I mean, James Laurinaitis leading the Rams in tackles, ultimately in this one. Maurice Alexander was the guy that went up with the sack. <laughs> Obviously, Robert Quinn wasn't even available in this one. He ended up not being available. He was questionable, ended up not playing. You definitely saw James Laurinaitis, though, everywhere, all the time. And then you saw LaMarcus Joyner. That guy, LaMarcus Joyner. Well, he got one total tackle in the game. And I'm pretty sure it didn't count as the... Uh, I'm pretty sure his hit on Teddy Bridgewater didn't even count as a tackle because Bridgewater was already down. Oh, boy. Because who was the defensive coordinator for the St. Louis Rams? Well, who do you think? His name was Greg Williams. What's that? A Viking quarterback got injured? Well, Greg Williams must have been the defensive coordinator for that team, right? Of course, because the last time Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator against the Minnesota Vikings, Brett Favre had a purple ankle. Purple. That's not good. You don't want to have purple ankles, do you? Well, Brett Favre had one in that one with the old uh, high-low deal. Now Teddy Bridgewater is hit as he's sliding. Late as he's trying to drive the Vikings back into the lead. And Wally Joyner, no, I'm kidding, LaMarcus Joyner, ends up hitting the guy on a slide when he's trying to basically slide after a fir- after rushing for a first down. After he'd led the Vikings back to, well, they were taking the, they took the lead after he'd make some successful runs, leading the Vikings back to an 18-15 to 15 lead over this crazy St. Louis Rams team and another weird score like I was predicting as well. Gets hit, you see Bridgewater laying there with his eyes closed. Kind of scary looking, man. I mean, he looked like, I don't, I don't know, he just he looked like he was playing dead or something. I mean, it's kind of scary to look at, to be quite honest. I did not like that image at all. I'm glad that wasn't any, any, I'm glad it didn't get as far as it could have, let's just say. But ultimately, Teddy Bridgewater, ultimately, well, he ha- he has a concussion. He did not return to the game. And Mike Zimmer basically was flipping out after the game, flipping out during the game. It was an endless frustration for him. And how could it not be? Who wouldn't be frustrated when you see your starting quarterback's head getting plastered into the turf? Who wouldn't be pissed off when you're looking at Greg Williams' sorry ass on the other sideline? Why in God's name is Greg Williams still employed by the National Football League? What the hell? What what kind of... I mean, do you, is, is there no quality control left in the National Football League? And I'm certainly not here to talk about politics or any of that uh, domestic dispute stuff going on, which the media just loves to cover at an endless rate, cover to death, drown you in it, when there are a lot of football games to talk about. Here's the thing. This is my view of it. Do you guys listen to Purple Mafia to get your sports fix? To escape from all this BS from the media? To escape from all the BS in your workplace? And at home or whatever, per se. I mean, God knows what your life is, is like. It might be a good life. might be frustrating. Do you want to talk about football and escape all that? Or do you want to get a constant talk about Greg Hardy, Adrian Peterson, uh, uh, what was his name? Ray Rice. He, I almost forgot his name because I just shut it out. I just 
shut it out like a field goal kicker shuts out, shuts all the noise out when he's about to kick a game-winning field goal. Hence this football game. <laughs> that was kind of a interesting segue. But that's my whole reasoning for why I don't even talk about that other stuff. But <laughs> when it comes to on the field and you're deliberately injuring players in the, in the past with your whole bounty gate thing, who's to say he's not still doing it? Who's to say he's not still doing it? <laughs> you know, it certainly looked like it. I mean, why are you hitting a guy on, on a slide? I mean, after he made some successful runs to lead the Vikings, to bring the Vikings back to the lead with an 18 to 15 lead with a lot of run, running the ball into the end zone and such, partner with a horrible wording there. I'm going crazy right now. Do apologize. Um, but, I mean, just ultimately the way LaMarcus Joyner just pancake uh, Teddy Bridgewater's head into the turf. It's just, it's, it's, it's real fitting, real funny when you think of the last time the Vikings played Greg Williams, Brett Favre had a purple ankle and could hardly walk, and it ended up basically helping Favre panic and lose the football game. Well, you're welcome. I'm so glad you're able to cut the head of the beast off. That's great, Greg Williams. That was his whole mantra, basically, for his bounty gate. <laughs> well, you did it again, but this time it didn't work out, you SOB. I hope you're happy. I really hope you're happy and, and enjoy your little check, LaMarcus Joyner. <laughs> oh, boy. Ugh. But I'm not bitter about that game at all. Are you bitter out there? Because if you're bitter, shame on you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not bitter at all. Not bitter at all about 2009. And I have no reason to be bitter either. None. Zero reason to be bitter. Let's digress. <clears throat> yeah. What was great about that one, too, was... <laughs> At one point earlier in the uh, earlier in the game, Teddy Bridgewater was hit late on a play, and there was no flag. And of course, Nick Foles was barely hit late in much less time, and there was a call, and it helped the St. Louis Rams continue their drive, which ultimately had, had them taking the lead. As this game went from fairly quiet to kind of a back and forth, ultimately, I'm kind of bouncing everywhere right now. Blair Walsh getting a field goal early, luckily for him. Despite the wind in his face, the Vikings ultimately ended up taking the lead because they did focus on the running game wisely today. Wisely, plus Adrian Peterson again being pissed off and wanting to, you know, prove to everybody he's still the best in the game. He believes he can still run until he's 40, or and then he's like, ah, oh, 37, I guess. <laughs> ultimately, Adrian Peterson already talked about his numbers overall in the day, but he really, really led the way for the offense outside of a couple of fumbles in the third quarter. That was a little bit goofy. Stefan Diggs recovering one, Adrian recovering the second one. It just kind of rolled out of his hand. That was cute. That was just great. <laughs> Overall, I mean, what more can you say? What more can you say? Uh, defense and running game, defense and running game, I guess. But uh, back to Teddy Bridgewater. Overall, his statistics, nothing special. Again, because of the wind, I'm sure it didn't help. Though he was much more aggressive than a lot of people expected him to be. You thought he'd be more like east and west kind of passes, but it was more of a north-south approach today, which was cool. And it was effective to a point until the wind started making him look like a knuckleballer or I don't even know what to call it, breaking baller. Um, neither quarterback was particularly accurate or particularly special today. Neither one had a quarterback rating above 68 in this game, ultimately. And Sean Hill, if he's the starter going into next week in Oakland, Vikings are in big trouble. And you really got to hope and pray that Teddy is able to come back in this one. Um, I didn't like the whole closed eye look. That scares me a bit, man. I mean, I'm going to have nightmares looking at that, <laughs> really. Um, if Sean Hill's the starting quarterback going into Oakland, 
Mm. Yeah, we'll talk about it in segment number two, but mm. <laughs> you can understand I might be a little bit uh, un, a little bit uninspired with that at this point. Just really hope and pray for Teddy Bridgewater's health to be good and not and and obviously you put him back in, knowing that there is no risk of long-term damage in that case. You hope that it's healed and ready to rock and roll ultimately for Teddy Bridgewater. I do feel for him big time. <clears throat> Quite a uh, seesaw battle in this one, though, ultimately. It was a game of runs, but then again, isn't everything. I mean, pretty much every sport is a game of runs. Foot Football, there's there's a lot of back and forth. You get like 10 points here, 10 points there, and then then, it, then maybe there's literally just a couple field goals back and forth. Looked like it was going to be a field goal-centric type of day, and it, believe it or not, was, again, beside, uh, despite the fact that it was very windy out. Uh, Zerline took advantage of the wind at his back with a 61-yarder, 35-yarder, 45-yarder, and then ultimately missed a 48-yarder, which made some people hope and pray that the Rams were going to ultimately lose the game. Vikings still at that point in time led 18-15 to after Bridgewater again had led the Vikings down the field. I mean, Brid, uh, Peterson was leading the Vikings on the ground, and then Bridgewater, it was pretty much like, oh, what the heck, I'll continue to lead the Vikings on the ground, as he basically did a rollout pass that ultimately had him running into the end zone, was fantastic, and then a similar situation for the two-point conversion to put the Vikings up 18-15, to which is uh, obviously a smart call. I mean, do you want to be up by two, or do you want to be up by three? Common sense. Why the Rams went for two, though, early in the game? When it was a ten to, it would have been a ten to seven if they had a uh, extra point. I don't know that one in the first quarter. Hmm. I don't know, man, about that one. I want, I'd like to call Jeff Fisher a good coach, but I don't know. I mean, you hire Greg Williams, yeah. Well, his defenses historically are good, but yeah, there's a slight asterisk next to that one. You know, kind of like Barry Bonds and his home run record. Boy, boy, that's legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real legit. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that was, honest to God. Uh, a interesting, controversial call by Greg Zimmer after ultimately the St. Louis Rams were able to march down the field and tie it up. Oh, goody. Greg Zerline was able to nail that one right down the pipe with only three seconds left. Forced the game into overtime. 53 yards, pardon me. What am I talking about? 53 yards. That was the end of the second quarter. That's my bad. 53-yard uh, kick. It was literally right down the pipe, too. I mean, his miss was the only bad one. It was, you could tell the wind just killed that thing. It just, it just hooked. And I mean, it hooked. It had no chance at all from the get-go because of the the wind and everything. But, um, man, that one was perfect. Good for him. And then Mike Zimmer ultimately going into overtime makes a questionable call as the Vikings win the toss. But ultimately, you'd rather take the field, the side that you want to defend, <laughs> or, you know, which ultimately the side you want to march towards when you get the ball. Hopefully you get the ball. It's great. Uh, Mike Zimmer, very confident that the Vikings defense would not let St. Louis get in the end zone, which then, in turn, would give the Vikings a chance to win, regardless if it's a touchdown or a field goal. Great call, because ultimately it was a win factor. Yeah, that's ultimately why there's a win factor. Not only because of the missed kick, the made kicks, and this and that, and the bad throws, and the and the this and that, blah 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 blah. But ultimately, Mike Zimmer's <laughs> Mike Zimmer's huge coaching decision that helped the Vikings win the game had ultimately to do with that. 
because the St. Louis Rams had the biggest three and out you've ever seen. I mean, Todd Gurley had a, uh, attempted something, lost nine yards, literally nine yards right out of the gate. I The win didn't factor in that one, but the confidence of the Rams versus the confidence of the Vikings in that point, for some strange reason, was uh, quite favoring Purple <laughs> and Foles. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It seemed like they were throwing too much, and I, I don't know what they were thinking. Okay, the run didn't work on the first play, but I don't know. I mean, the Rams, pretty much, there was nothing much they could do. I'm sure they were, yeah, they were pinned back, so they had to pass at that point. But, I mean, I'm saying even earlier in the game, too, um, nothing the Rams could do. The Vikings get a pretty nice return from Sheryls as he's able to tip toe those sidelines like a stud. It was unbelievable. He was tightroping those sidelines. I mean, <laughs> a la Chris Carter, but better because he was running forward. He wasn't just making a sideline catch. I don't know how the son of a gun stayed in bounds, but he ended up turning a maybe a uh, three, four yard return into a pretty good one. <laughs> a uh, just a fantastic return, ultimately for Marcus Gerald. Actually, it was a forty yard return or twenty six yard return. Pardon me. What am I talking about? Twenty six yard return. I mean, he turned four yards into 18 more. Just absolutely fantastic. Really appreciate what he was able to get out of that one. 22 more, pardon me. Just absolutely awesome. Tight roughing. I'm going crazy. Put the Vikings in great field goal range. And then, what did Adrian Peterson do? He just ran the ball because you don't want Sean Hill throwing. I mean, anytime you see Sean Hill throwing, it's like nothing. It's like, whatever. The Vikings would get pinned back. And that's what happened in the fourth quarter when the Vikings had an <laughs> attempt to do something with the ball when they were up by three points to try to try to put the game on ice. I mean, you aren't going to be running the clock out playing like that. <laughs> but Adrian Peterson just kept running, just kept getting that ball forward, and it went from a situation where, okay, Blair Walsh may have to kick a 55-yarder to, okay, now he's definitely in easy range. I mean, no problem. Adrian Peterson just pushed that thing forward, 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 15 yards, 10 yards, 8 yards. Again, looked like Terrell Davis. Absolutely spectacular. And then Blair Walsh nails the thing like it's nothing. It was funny, too, how when they snapped the the ball, Blair, Blair Walsh just stood there because, you know what, it's getting kind of stale. Yeah, okay, they're going to call a timeout on the kick. Yawn. What a surprise. He just stood there because he knew. It's kind of funny how it's turned into almost like an ongoing gag. Oh, no, you're going to ice the kicker. Ooh. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not expecting that to happen, is he? Not at all. Not at all. Not expecting it. But ultimately, Blair Walsh nails his fifth game winner of his career because he had four leading into the game. Game winner number five in back-to-back games with game-winning field goals. And he did the exact same move he does, that uppercut, like, punch look with the flex. A la... Kind of like Jordan, but not quite. Ah, there was somebody. And I'm forgetting who it is now. Oh, well, it's, it's multiple people. Like, a lot of pitchers in baseball do that when they get big strikeouts and stuff like closers and maybe like a starter who's been around for a long time, all that. And, you know, and they pitch a shutout or something. Very cool. Very cool, right? <laughs> um, that's pretty much how that goes. So, should we pass out some Fran Tarkenton and <laughs> Christian Bonner Memorial and Urban Legend? What should we do with that one? Well, let's do it. Urban Legend. I'm going to open up with that. Urban Legend. Can you guess what that is? Yeah, why the hell is Greg Williams still employed by the National Football League? I don't know. I'm miffed. Greg Williams, why the hell? I, I, I thought there was no way Greg Williams would come back. He's, he's back. Why is he back? Why? Why is he back? 
Hey, Kamish, Kamish, come on, come on, Roger, please, 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 ban the guy. Just ban him for life, please. I mean, enough is enough, okay? Yeah, seriously. There's your urban legend. Fran Tarkin an award? Well, a lot of people want the wind to be the uh, the award winner. <laughs> um, and I know at least Justin Mayer Henry and others want Mike Zimmer to get it. Well, it's almost like a committee. I mean, what the hell? You could give it to the wind. You could give it to Adrian Peterson. You could give it to Mike Zimmer. You could give it to Linval Joseph. Captain Munnerlin was absolutely fantastic in this game, and he has had a wonderful season. And Xavier Rhodes was really good today as well, saving a, a sure touchdown. Almost had an interception on the play. Was more pissed off that he didn't get the interception, but hey, man, you did prevent a touchdown, and good on you. That was great. Xavier Rhodes, still love you. I want you to succeed so badly. You have no idea how much I want you to just succeed. Sebastian, smile now. Smile, okay? <laughs> smile. <laughs> uh, and I need to smile, too. I, just, I need to drop the grumpiness a little bit sometimes. And But do you, I don't know, do you blame any of us, though? We, we all work too much. It isn't just me. It isn't just Sebastian. It's all of us. It's all of us. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so who gets the friend? I mean, I guess... I. Adrian Peterson has to get the Fran Tarkinen award. I mean, come on. He ran the ball forward. He kept the Vikings in this game. The only knock is those doggone fumbles, but at least they got recovered, and he recovered one of them himself. So good on you, Adrian. You didn't lose the fumbles, at least. And thank God Stefan dug it out. He dug out that fumble and saved it. Still had the Vikings in receiving yards today, ultimately, believe it or not, on a very quiet day. 42 yards. That's not bad for a quiet day, though. I mean, still a factor. Three catches, targeted five times, and of course, there were situations where the ball wasn't caught. And Charles Johnson, another big catch, but only one, was targeted twice, but another huge, uh, huge timing, 25-yard play for Chuck Charles Johnson. Just wonderful on the sidelines. Not in the flat. It was on the sidelines. Jerry's right. Situation today, one where he dropped it, one where it was another, um, uh, it was another, uh, Breaking ball, you know. I mean, it, it just is what it is. Mm. <laughs> and another one where Jerry's right was held. He could have had a big play on that one, and there was no call. So, uh, yeah, it was breaking ball, no call, and a short catch, a 12-yard catch. Not too bad. So, <laughs> Christian Ponder Memorial, as I drag this out even longer, who's that going to go to? Should it go to Jeff Fisher for employing uh, Greg Williams? Should I be? Should, should I go that far? Because do I really need to rip anybody on the Vikings right now? I mean, I don't know. I uh, I don't like Sean Hill at all. I, I thought he was a little bit better. But, you know, even in the preseason, he didn't look good either. Oh, boy. Lord of mercy, please. So I'm going to give it to Jeff Fisher uh, for employing Greg Williams. Thank you very much. This better not have any type of long-term effect on, on uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Because if it is, we're all coming for you. You know, for once in my life, I will actually join Pitchfork Nation on Greg Williams. If that's the case. So there you go. Segment done. Hopefully that was fun for you. I, I felt a little bit wacky doing this. I've been, yeah. I mean, you know, that working schedule is really, really harsh. I don't even want to go into it. I'm just tired, okay? So do bear with me. We'll be back for segment number two right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many 
Amazon Pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportsstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, the preview segment in NFL Roundup. And I also should mention again that um, last week, the Purple Mafia was my 500th podcast, which is absolutely crazy. I don't think I even mentioned it in the first segment here, which is just weird. I don't know. It's like I keep putting it in the back burner. And this is the 200th episode of Purple Mafia. There won't be the same type of festivities that there were for the 100th episode. And I just simply don't have the time right now. I may have some type of celebration later on, maybe when the lawn cleanups are all done, uh, particularly for the 500th episode. I should have some type of special segment for that, but I'll probably maybe put something together uh, at some point, air it on this show and on Timberwolves Explosion and even Brave the Wild at some point. I should do that. I mean, 500 shows is no joke. That's absolutely nuts. So it actually happened, and I'll... Uh, talk about some of your replies in the uh, fan interaction because the 500th show took place on this podcast, Purple Mafia. Just unbelievable. And, of course, this is the 200th episode as well, like I just said. Let's dance around the league a little bit. Sorry about that. Bumping the microphone here. Tennessee beat New Orleans. All right. Well, congratulations. After they fired Ken Wisenhunt, they get their second win of the year. New England's 8-0, beating Washington 27-10. to No surprise there. Chicago... Well, as for the NFC North, Detroit's on the bye, and Chicago doesn't play until tomorrow night, so I guess I get to be lazy again. <laughs> I don't mean to be, it just turns out that way, so it is what it is. Ooh, next week's opponent, I'll talk about that in a second. Buffalo whooped Miami, alright, so there you go. Yeah, I'll talk about the uh, NFC North here in a second. Yes, puts a big smile on my face, and you, everybody listening knows why. What's going on with the Atlanta Falcons? They lost to the San Francisco 49ers today. That's insane. Like, why are you losing to the 49ers? I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of confused with that one just a little bit. Hmm. I mean, gosh, I mean, it looks like everybody likes losing to the 49ers all of a sudden. Don't really have an explanation to that one. But congratulations, Atlanta. I mean, it's so much for winning that division, I guess. I mean, I, I guess. Indianapolis just beat Denver. They just received their first loss of the year. So the Indianapolis Colts got revenge on the Denver Broncos and uh, for Peyton Manning for daring to leave. I guess, basically. Chuck Pagano. Yeah, they're actually still winning that division. <sighs> Give me a break. That guy doesn't even... That guy shouldn't even have a job, and he's probably going to be the... <laughs> and he's then they're probably going to win a division championship and host a playoff game. That's a joke. Just a joke. The Giants stomp Tampa Bay. They're still above 500 and winning the NFC East. Eagles and Dallas Cowboys are playing shortly. They'll try to have something to say about that. Uh, is there anything else? Jets over Jacksonville? Eh, you know. Isn't that exciting? Um, Cincinnati pounded Cleveland. Well, that was on Thursday. They're 8-0. 8-0. I mean, 8-0. Cincinnati, again, most recently was 11-5, and and they actually had a better record than the San Francisco 49ers in the 1988 Super Bowl, which was played in January 1989. But you get the idea. They're winning that game until Joe Montana's favorites drive. I always bring that up when I talk about Cincinnati in the playoffs. I don't know why, but that's the last time Cincinnati did anything. They need to do something this year, without a doubt. 
There are three teams left that are undefeated. They're the Carolina Panthers. Yep. Yep. And I hope played Green Bay today and beat them. <clears throat> Talk about that in a second. Cincinnati, again, 8-0. and And then New England Patriots, 8-0. and Do I think any of those three teams could go to the Super Bowl? I do think, yes. Yeah, I think the Patriots could. And I think the, the Carolina Panthers could. They're, that doesn't mean they will, but I think they could. And um, one final note here. Might as well slip into that Carolina-Green Bay game right now. But one final note on Carolina, not Green Bay at this moment, is do you realize last year they didn't even win? <laughs> the Carolina Panthers didn't even win eight games all last season, and now they're 8-0. and Just unbelievable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know Holly out there. She's having a good time <laughs> with that team right now. Glad she's not cheering for Seattle. That's a damn good thing. Carolina defeats the Green Bay Packers. And now they are thirty uh, with a thirty-seven and t- with a thirty-seven to twenty-nine victory. Pardon me. Uh, Green Bay tried to rally to make a comeback after Carolina was just just pummeling them, just beating them twenty-seven to seven, thirty to seven at one point, just taking them to lunch, just having them for dinner. Very cool. Cam Newton has been unbelievable this season, just uh, awesome. Aaron Rodgers wasn't that bad, but he wasn't good enough. I mean, his completion percentage not high. He attempted. 48 passes, 52%. That's not going to get it done. Carolina's got a great defense, and their offense is certainly good enough. I mean, they're getting it done. They're making their field goals. uh, Cam Newton's throwing for touchdown passes, 104 quarterback rating today. They just took advantage of a Green Bay defense that isn't all that good. They only only have 66 rushing yards on the day from Jonathan Stewart. His counterpart is leading the way in uh, Pittsburgh, and he looks awfully good. D'Angelo, what am I calling it? I'll get back to him in a minute. Um, D'Angelo Williams, very good. I'm, I'm getting confused with all these names. D'Angelo Williams, a uh, overall looking great. That was his old counterpart in Carolina for like a decade, almost seemed like fantastic uh, effort from both of them today. At least, at, at least in Stewart's case, Green Bay just what a struggle. And to think that um, Randall Cobb was targeted 12 times, only four catches, still wound up with 99 yards because he had a 53 yard long on the day. Lots of long completions for uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but overall, that was during their little comeback, and they could, but they just could not get it done. Randall Cobb, that 43-yarder, that was ultimately a catch-and-go type of situation. Twin, that made it 27-14, but Green Bay just could not get it done. They t- started to make comebacks late in the game there. That was when they first started drawing a little bit of blood, but then Carolina answered everything they needed to, and they made stops when they needed to, and ultimately Green Bay, just there wasn't enough time on the clock for them to catch up and win the game, Carolina just ran the ball when they needed to, got the first downs, and got the job done. And the Packers are 6-2, and two, which, ladies and gentlemen, officially has the Minnesota Vikings in a, in a tie for first place in the NFC North. Did you ever see that coming? Did you ever see that coming? It's here, and now the Vikings head to Oakland, California. And hopefully Sean Hill isn't the quarterback. That's that's the hope. I mean, we're all excited, pumped up. We're finally in first place again for the first time since 2009. And, and yeah, and now Teddy Bridgewater has a concussion, and we don't know. We don't know what the situation is as of yet. I wish I had the time to record two podcasts. I could maybe do one in the, just do a review one, and then maybe fan interaction, and then do a preview. This would be like the preview show. Uh, I record it on like a Wednesday, Thursday, maybe even Friday type of deal, but this is how it goes type of thing. Um, mm. Oakland Raiders, you know, Minnesota has to go to Oakland. They didn't win today. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're 5-4. and four. Oakland was trying to be... Uh, 
uh, five and three. That would have been nice because uh, I guess Pittsburgh hasn't had their bye yet. Thirty-eight to thirty-five. That game went to overtime. It was an epic battle, you could call it. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger's back, and it shows. But I guess he's hurt again, supposedly, like right away. Hmm. Two two touchdowns, one interception. Derek Carr, our quarterback uh, opponent, coming into this next week. Four touchdowns and only one interception. Three hundred yards. They have uh, well, they have some good rushers and. Latavius Murray, he's actually he's had a solid season. He lost a fumble today, but overall, a solid season. Derek Carr, though, is definitely the guy. He's the guy over there in Oakland, but as is Amari Cooper, who has just been absolutely fantastic. Murray's solid with about, I guess now, 600 yards and still three touchdowns on the season. Over 600 yards, I'll tell you. But yeah, D'Angelo Williams of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh my goodness, 170 yards, two touchdowns. He really, really... Carried the Steelers today. Just an awesome performance for him. He is 30 at this stage. Now, he's 32 already. I figured he was a veteran and older than Adrian Peterson. And he's, well, he's getting it done at age 32. Who's to say you can't? Oakland, though. My God, their receivers are good. And and so is, um, obviously, Derek Carr. Michael Crabtree over there making a better living uh, across the river uh, in San Diego there. Across the bridge, not the river. Across the bridge, I guess river too, whatever it is, the, the the you know the Golden Gate Bridge. Michael Crabtree playing way better in Oakland than he ever did for San Francisco. I mean, okay, he had one good year in 2012, very good year that year, but outside of that, not not so much. He's already almost at his total for last year, and of course the infamous 2013 season when he was talking with that that guy. He didn't have much of a year, but he missed a lot of time too. It didn't help in that situation when he yeah that guy. Mm. Mr. Big Mouth. Amari Cooper is one of the best rookie receivers since Randy Moss, at least right now. And it's not dominance like like big time, big time like huge touchdown passes. It's just overall excellence. He's got over he's got almost 700 yards, four touchdowns on the year. They're not unbelievable numbers, but he, he's had over 100 uh, yard games in in um, three straight games. Now I believe it's four straight games for Amari Cooper, which is the first time since the 70s uh, that a receiver was able to uh, accomplish such a feat. I mean, we're talking guys way, way back in the day. Guys that most, most of you haven't, haven't really even heard of. Way back in the old days, Amari Cooper's consistency has been fantastic. He did not get 100 today, so it's three games in a row at his age. He was the first rookie to do it in a long, long time. So congratulations to Amari Cooper and his continued development. It's going to be a tough, tough battle. I mean, the Vikings' past events is really going to be under fire coming up this week. <clears throat> Not only is Teddy, uh, do we are we going to have to hope and pray that Teddy Bridgewater is healthy and ready to go, but this secondary is going to ha- is going to be tested, and we're going to have to hope that uh, Terrence Newman, who also had a concussion today, is going to be healthy and ready to go. Audie Cole has a fractured ankle, uh, so, mmm, and oh boy, we were already missing. Uh, Eric Kendricks as well, who is one of the most valuable players on this team defensively this season. So we're really going to have to get a pass rush. That's a huge hope to to hope that uh, Derek Carr won't have a whole lot of time to throw the ball because boy, oh boy, Xavier Rhodes and Captain Munderland and now Trey Waynes are going to really have the work cut out for him if Terrence Newman isn't ready to go. Trey Waynes was okay. He was snake bit with a call earlier today, though. I, they they say it was a legit call. I, I, I guess so. I mean, it didn't look like he even touched the guy, but I guess he put a hand on the guy. He was kind of slipping and falling out of bounds late in the game there. 
Trey Waynes has been okay, and he's inexperienced. Just like Xavier Rhodes in his first season was nothing special until later in the season. This is an opportunity for Trey Waynes to make his mark, I suppose. I mean, even Seth Roberts for Oakland had a 73-yard game today. Lots of deep completions in this one, unfortunately. 38 yards, 36 yards. They're not super deep, but they're deep enough. Deep enough. Antonio Brown of Pittsburgh, though. Whoa. I mean, (laughs) I guess you can pass on the... uh, I guess you can pass on the on, on the Raiders, and if Teddy Bridgewater is healthy, let's get Stefan Diggs going, because Antonio Brown had almost 300 yards receiving today. Almost 300, and he's miraculous. He didn't even get a touchdown. 17 catches on the season. Um, came into the game with already 718 yards, three touchdowns. So he's at a he's at uh, at a thousand. He's at 1,000 yards for the year already, and this is halfway through the season. Damn, unbelievable. Unbelievable run for him. And D'Angelo Williams, 55 yards. <laughs> 55 yards receiving to go along with his 170. His, his total yards for the game in about 230 range. That Pittsburgh offense is something else, boy, when Ben Roethlisberger is healthy. My goodness. Um, it's just unbelievable, man. <laughs> and they have former Raider Darius Hayward Day, the, uh, another bust pick from the... Uh, the uh, uh, Oh man, what am I? What am I doing? The the Davis a days back in the day. So, <laughs> oh boy, Whew. it's been a it's been an interesting run for the Oakland Raiders. Pittsburgh Steelers and Raiders actually pretty similar in prolific passing games. That's for sure, but um, decent running games as well. The Vikings work is really cut out for them though. They're going to really have to hope and pray that the cornerbacks are up for the job here because this, this could be a very very High-scoring game in Oakland, and I I don't really like the Vikings' chances in Oakland. Honestly, I'm probably going to have to pick a loss in this one, and I think a lot of people are not going to be happy with that. A 6-2 team playing as well as they are, and and they've been awfully clutch, but the uncertainty of Teddy Bridgewater's health, and I don't know, this this passing game is pretty good. Um, I don't know. The the Vikings, if, if they win this game, and go to seven and two. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna start beginning to think they could make a playoff run, because that would be this would be a fantastic road win for the Vikings. Oakland is not a, is not a special team necessarily, but this passing game is pretty special. It it is, and if they can come out of this one with a win on the road in that territory, because it's starting to come back again, like Oakland is starting to be Oakland again a little bit, a little bit kind of sorta. It'd be an unbelievable win for the Vikings. But right now, boy, uh, I'm going to have to pick a... I'm going to have to pick a 28-24 to loss for the Minnesota Vikings on the road in Oakland. Um, If it's Sean Hill, I don't know. I mean, it's just, this is kind of all relative. If Teddy Bridgewater's healthy, the Vikings can win, but they still might not win this one. And plus, he might be shaken up a bit still from that injury. I mean, it's... Concussions are concussions, and very rarely do guys come back in one week. So I'm going to have to pick a loss, unfortunately. Adrian Peterson is going to be a huge, huge, huge key in this one. If he can bust loose against this team, then the Vikings have a legitimate chance. And, well, D'Angelo Williams got it done, 170 yards, two touchdowns. So Adrian, go out there and get it done, man. Get your 170 yards and two touchdowns. That's what we're going to need. Adrian Peterson is the key to the to the victory in this game for the Minnesota Vikings, along with... Xavier Rhodes, uh, the captain, Xavier Rhodes, Captain Munderland, Harry the Hitman, guys like that. We're really going to have to hope for the best and that 
not only are these guys up to it, but they're healthy to play as well, like the Adi Coles and such. Well, Adi Coles out, but I mean like Eric Hendricks and such. Going to have to really hope in Terry Newman, um, who's who's been a valuable veteran for that secondary for the Minnesota Vikings. So it's all about stopping the Oakland passing game and Adrian on the ground in order to win this game. I think that's the only way the Vikings win this one, ultimately, is Adrian and the Vikings pass defense. So there it is, 28-24, Oakland Raiders defeat the Minnesota Vikings and pushes down to 6-3. and three. Great record, but not quite the same. And if they do win, bombs away. <laughs> this stock is going to the moon. This team could make a playoff run. And I hope, I hope to God I am wrong. And we'll see what happens. With that, though, we'll take a break and come back for some fan interaction. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment. First, though, before I do anything, I would like to recognize Veterans Day, which is coming up in just a couple days. Gosh, it'll be uh, Wednesday, November the 11th. So for this moment, for all the veterans that have that are current, that have come and gone over the many years that have represented this country all the way back in 1776 and before, even before that, all the way up to 2015, I would like to give each and every one of them a moment of silence. Thank you and God bless the United States of America and to all you veterans that have served this country for well over 200 years. Alright, so onto the Facebook page, the fan interaction. This is how you get involved with the show. Click on the search bar for Facebook, Purple Mafia. Minnesota Vikings show, and if you get two options, there's one that might be a group, one that might be, let's say, company or page, go to the one that's company or page. That would be greatly appreciated, and then click like, and you'll be a part of the show, just like these guys right here. So first and foremost, last episode, unannounced, like I may have mentioned in segment number two, I think I just did, (laughs) unannounced, because I just was... I wasn't even keeping up with the statistic. I was trying to, and then I lost track, just... Just lost track for whatever reason, but it ended up being the 500th podcast of my career. This is 502 now because Timberwolves Explosion was just released. But 500th show of all time, all the shows I've ever done. And then this episode is the 200th of Purple Mafia. So a couple of milestones occurring at the same time, kind of like the kind of like the whole <laughs> lunar eclipse is all happening at the same time. It's almost like that, but maybe not quite as important. Uh, it's just kind of funny how that turned out that way, everything at once, you know. Uh, so I, men- I mentioned that on the Purple Mafia page and on my Facebook page. I'll try to get some of your responses for that real quick. Mark Carlson out of Iowa and Gold Star winner for 2013, I do believe. Yep, the Gold Star of, of the year. Uh, he says, congratulations, Joey Awajan. Uh that was actually 2012, I believe, for Mark Carlson. Yeah, it's been a while. Yep. Congratulations, Joey Awild, uh, Joey Awijan, a milestone, a lifetime achievement. You have been a big figure in my podcast enjoyment. Your podcast is special. Thank you for the many episodes. Gold star to you, sir. And thank you so much for that, Mark. That, that means a whole lot. And Mark is also a veteran out there. So this that, that day is for him. November 11th coming up, and I like how the NFL is doing that. All the coaches and players and stuff in their jackets they look like the, especially the Cowboys. They really look like like they're in the army. It's kind of cool. <laughs> they look like like helicopter, like uh, military men. That's kind of what they look like with that. But no, and 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 Air Force. But 
yeah, thank you for that, Mark. means a lot to me. Um, Gerald String, also the Gold Star Award winner of 2014, end of last week. <laughs> he says, thanks for the Gold Star. Pretty good football week for me. Vikings win. Pack- Packers get the crack kicked out of them. And I am now number one in my fantasy league, which I normally suck at. Won the football pool. Wow. Of course, the gold star to end atop everything. Most importantly, my son's high school team won in the playoffs. Moving on to semifinals. Next stop, Dakota Dome for state championship. If we can pull off the upset this Friday, go Mitchell Colonels. Also, Joey, congrats big time for the upcoming show, number 200. Awesome milestone. You do a great job. And thank you very, very much for that, Gerald. That That is awesome. Deeply appreciate that. And, yeah, that's a lot of positivity going on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, let me know how your sons did in that uh, in that big game there. That sounds like a lot of fun. And to win something like that, I mean, you know, I mean, how many chances do you get to win something like that? And it's something you'd hold for, you know, you'd cherish for the rest of your life, I got to think. Um, very cool. I wish I responded in there. I hope he didn't uh, take it the wrong way. I, I meant to, and then I got just super busy with this this week and everything. Um, see, I'm going to dig around in the uh, current Vikings-Rams game. It's mostly at the end, though. Um, let's see, Justin Mayer-Henry Yep was saying we should not be in this damn position right now, like how we went to overtime. and Gosh, overtime was a curse for this team until lately. It seems like we're good at it since we got Mike Zimmer. Gosh, I mean, this team is just different with Mike Zimmer, isn't it? It's got a whole different vibe. So I like our chances in a, in a big playoff game in the future with Mike Zimmer as the, as the head coach and ultimately, hopefully, a healthy Teddy Bridgewater to go along with it. Oh, pray to God Teddy's okay because if he is, this could be a very, very, very interesting season come January, ladies and gentlemen. There's no doubt about it. Jester, Justin Mayor Henry saying, whoa, did we just do that? This should be interesting. Yep, that's when we gave up the uh, field, uh, the uh, the ball in order to take the, the direction that we wanted, which was kind of cool. Brett McCarthy saying, oh, I hate this type of game. Justin was saying that was nice. That was with that, the defense and everything. And Justin finishing up with Fran Tarkin an award for Mike Zimmer. Gerald saying, dagger. Justin saying, six and two, boys. I just hope Bridgewater is all right. Brett saying good teams find a way to win. Yes, they do. And that is a <laughs> that is a very true statement and that's exactly what <clears throat> that's exactly what I'm thinking. Good teams pull pull it out even if they struggle in, in a situation like that and very cool. Justin Mayer Henry in the post game thoughts. See this is where the comments are a little longer, not not like a little conversation like in the other ones. Justin saying something about this game had me very emotional. Not sure why. We definitely should not have been sitting on the edge of our seats at the end of this one. But any given Sunday. I I just hope Teddy is alright. Fran Tarkenton award goes to Zimmer and his defense for that OT stand. Wallace had a couple of misses today that should have panned out great also. But a win is a win. Yep, and Wallace at the same time there was the the quote-unquote break-in ball. You know, like you heard earlier. You know, with the win factor. And Bridgewater overthrowing him last week on a gimme. That was a gimme. I mean, Wallace should have a lot of... He should have maybe 300 more yards and like three more touchdowns this season. It's kind of depressing. You know, he's probably... <laughs> uh, oh, boy. He, he's well, he's got to be the most snake bit member. But even even uh, Wright is snake bit a bit as well. Brett McCarthy says Williams is a thug. And that being Greg Williams. Yep, because I was saying... Feel free to bash Greg Williams all you want. <laughs> he says he's a thug. Shouldn't even be coaching after Bounty Gate. Glad we are a scrappy team that finds a way to win. Wish Wallace would produce more. 
then we would be a scary team with Diggs and Johnson, and that is for damn sure. And I think that's coming because if it, and if it does, wow. Mark Carlson saying I agree strongly. Uh, and I lost every. There we go. Uh, Gerald saying I love the way Zimmer has his defense playing. Has this defense playing? Also like the fact that AP starting to get going, running the ball more consistently. I think if Teddy just keeps sl- slowly improving, we will be okay. Great teams that push into the playoffs usually do four things well: run the ball, stop the run, pressure the quarterback, and not turn the ball over. I think we are improving in all those areas. Absolutely, Gerald. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. John Weiberg, welcome aboard, my friend. I, I think I've heard from him before, but not not too often, and nice to hear from him. He says, Greg Williams needs to go. How are you able to coach after this? And Yeah. Yep. Oh, my. Yep, and it's a YouTube well, it's dead spin. It says, kill the bleeping head. Greg Williams told the Saints to destroy the 49ers' brains. And, yeah, you read that, and it's like, damn. Yeah, I mean, see, see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? That's what I was talking about in the first segment. Hope, hopefully you're a listener, John. I believe he might be, but that is uh, fantastic. <laughs> That's a fantastic article right there, and it's telling you the way Greg Williams thinks, and that is why Mike Zimmer didn't even make eye contact with Jeff Fisher at, at the whole the, the coach's handshake. I mean, why should he? You know, it's like, screw you, man. Seriously. Screw you guys. You know, you, who, who knows? I mean, and notice how he said, smash their brains, basically. You know? Get out of the NFL, mister. Get out of the NFL, Mr. Williams. Uh, da-da. Ali, Ali posting a few articles. Cordero Patterson's fall of silence. Meeting with the fall. Ugh. Cordero Patterson's fall since meeting since last meeting with the Rams. And think about that. Because he had a great game last year against the St. Louis Rams. Yep. And then, and that's from Pro Football Spot. A fantastic article there. Uh, another one. Fran Tarkin and Vikings can overtake Packers and win division. It sure looks like it. Yup, got it like that. That was the 2004, 34-6. I remember that a little bit. Oh, duh, of course I remember that. That was the season opener. Yep, Adrian's last game for a while, and Patterson's last game ever, basically, is a good player. Why the heck aren't I clicking like on these? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Lots of good articles. Keep them coming. These are, uh, these are awesome articles, and I love reading them during the week, especially on my break and such, just like other people might as well. Uh, spot Vikings roundtable week nine predictions. Vikings seventeen, Rams fifteen. Yeah, pretty pretty close. It was fifteen. It was eighteen, fifteen for the longest time, and the Vikings ultimately won by by uh, th- three anyway at the end. Very cool posts there. Keep them coming. And he does also post on the per, uh, purple press box. Uh, that's a YouTube page right now on the Sebastian Balls' uh, YouTube. It's called the Purple Press Boss. Uh, you could just search for it in the in YouTube. It, w- it would find it, ultimately. And then you can always subscribe to Sebastian Balls, which is on um, <clears throat> YouTube. That's how you get a hold of him on there. Really, really damn good. And he will be back on Purple Mafia as well. It, it's kind of part-time. Like, I'm like, yeah. Like, I, I'm generally solo with this one. Even though I think, yeah, well, then <laughs> the listener numbers would indicate that when, when there's two of us on here, it's pretty damn good. Like, we're a pretty good... We work pretty damn well together. So now on to some more 500th episode stuff. Uh, Janice Sue, Marcus the Forecaster's mother, says, Congrats, Joey. That That's a lot of shows. And with each one, you get better. Hip, hip, array. Number 500. Janice also saying, Glad they won for you. Trish, Post, Trish Posterino, who is also from uh, uh, Australia, says, Scary, Joey, and downright beautiful. 
Adam Ryan saying good stuff, Joey. And thank you. Adam Ryan is the host of In All Airness. They, uh, it's a podcast about the uh, Michael Jordan era in the NBA. And boy, oh boy, is it good. I mean, yeah, he gets on some pretty damn interesting guests on there. All the way from Mike Fratello to Peter Vesey to, to <clears throat> countless others. Rick Barry even. I mean, just big names. Big names he's had on that show. Definitely look it up. You will be, whew, you'll be blown away. It's it's something. He's also from Australia. Um, what just happened? What the heck? Oh, man. I got to redo it. Yay. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it right back, though. <clears throat> Here we go. Four comments. That's not that many. Just a couple more. <laughs> About the 500. Just got to see what people say. Tanae Brown saying, always love getting to hear your thoughts on my favorite teams. Joey, well done, and keep up the awesome work. Thank you so much, Tanae. Tanae is from New Zealand. Neil Thiesing, Neil Nate Dog Thiesing, who also hosts on Brave the Wild on occasion. Got to get him back on again. He says, love you, brother. How awesome. 500. Whoop, whoop. Congrats. And Janice Hu again saying, hip, hip, hooray. Bucket of Gatorade, Joey. Yep. And then Mark Carlson saying, you are a skilled broadcaster, and I enjoy your work. Even when there was little positive to say, and I'm sure recording was difficult, you put the facts and your observations together. You put it out for the whole world. 500 doesn't come without dedication and sincere effort. I salute you. And I salute you, Mark, as well. Absolutely. And again, happy Veterans Day. <clears throat> but also, I salute you as a, as a great friend and a wonderful <laughs> supporter of this show. Absolutely. Uh, Twitter account. Let's go there. At... Uh, at Purple Mafia Show, and everything is not working. Woohoo! This is. Don't you love when that happens? <laughs> I don't know what it's doing, but it's, it's doing what it's doing, I guess. Okay, today, yes, da-da. there won't be as much today, and that's my own fault. I apologize to Dave Martin and others. Dave Martin out of Scotland, they're saying. The offense needs to keep going in the second quarter. At least we got off to a faster start today. Okay, spoke too soon. And yes, they scored right away after that. <laughs> Stam Gupta saying reminds me of the late 80s game against the Rams where the Vikings won scoring seven field goals plus a safety. Rams hitting field goals this time. Yep, and yeah, it was related. Like I even asked him, <clears throat> was it related to that whole deal when uh, Jerry Burns, was that the same game where Jerry Burns exploded at the media and the fans, basically, because the bleepers booed his offensive coordinator. Uh, oh, come on. See, it's like I know it a million times, and then I blank now. Isn't that great? Uh, doggone it. <laughs> I forget his name now. Damn it. But he's like, so-and-so will be the offensive coach. There ain't no bleeping question about it. And then he just kept going on and on and on. It was so funny. And, yeah, it happened after that game, and then one of the media people asked, did, well, coach, did you win the game? And he said, I think we did, yeah. And everybody bur uh, started laughing, and he kept going. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Uh, Snelker, I believe, was the game, this guy's name. Yeah, I mean, I know the name. Doggone it. <sighs> Tanae Brown saying, I hope Teddy's okay. Dirty hit. Glad the team got the win, though. Go Vikings. Minnesota Sports is on the rise. Smile. Yep. <laughs> and D. Fry. Yep, thank you very much. He says, ha ha, this is just great. How Minnesota and Green Bay are now 6-2 and two because the Packers were 1-6-0, weren't they? And he circled it on the board and it shows Minnesota above the Green Bay Packers. That's right, Minnesota above the Green Bay Packers. And thank you very much, D. Fry. You are awesome. He tweeted me and Antonio Fett, who is 
Mark Carlson's son, Anthony Carlson. So, awesome. There you go. D. Fry, out of Chicago Bears fan. And I like the Chicago Bears much more than the Packers or the Detroit Lions. I think you guys already know that. Um, Dylan Richardson's a Bears fan. You know, it, it kind of got me started. And then, I, I, I don't know. Like I always say, it's just a classic matchup. Vikings and Bears. It's the coolest thing in the whole world, man. So, let's jump to the Gold Star, Silver Star, Bronze Star. All that good stuff. We already gave away the friend Tarkenton and all that to... You know, Zimmer gets like an honorary one, and the wind gets an honorary one. <laughs> but, oh, you know, and obviously you could have said Monterlin, you could have said uh, Linvald Joseph. I ended up giving it to Adrian Peterson because the way he was really carrying the team down the stretch against a defense that was, well, dangerous. It was a dangerous defense, so it turns out. Thank you very much. It's nice to see that take place and Adrian not fumble the ball away against that dangerous defense. Let's try not to remember that, but I, I just did again. <clears throat> I hate Greg Williams. Ooh. I think we all do here. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Bronze Star is going to go to... <whistles> Bronze Star to Mark Carlson. Silver Star to Gerald Sring. I'm also going to give a Bronze Star to Justin Mayer Henry. Always active, awesome things to say. Gold Star this week is going to go to Brett McCarthy. He's long, long overdue. Very, very active during the in-game. And then a cool, a really cool thing to say in the after-game, too. I mean, that was uh, that was awesome. So, Brett McCarthy, I believe this is his first gold star. Congratulations. And I still need to get the sound bite for it. But, Brett McCarthy, gold star for you for this week. Ready to rock and roll. Let's hope and pray that Teddy Bridgewater, indeed, is healthy and ready to go into Oaktown next week. Oaktown, yep, the more dangerous team in the Bay. It's not the 49ers anymore. It is the Oakland Raiders. They are very talented. Their, their passing game is unbelievable, and you heard, it, you heard that in segment number two. Ooh, but the Vikings can run on them. I mean, if the Steelers can run on them, you better hope Adrian Peterson sure can. And that's a huge, gigantic mammoth key to the game. Take advantage of that possibility that that run defense is awfully beatable. Take advantage of it and pray to God that if Sean Hill is the guy, please just just be addict, be at least decent in the game, please, because he looked like horse doogie today, man. He really did. And I gotta think the Raiders' pass rush is nothing, nothing like the Rams. So there you go. Um, that, that's it. Ultimately, it's gonna be a it's gonna start warm this week and then it's gonna cool down. Oh goody, it's gonna be a good time doing lawn cleanups during the course of this week and pro- well into next week and such and. Eventually, we'll be moving into Thanksgiving, and it'll all be over, and rock and roll. Doing podcasts won't be quite as tough, but I'm still happy to get these out there for you. And it's it's as much of a pleasure for me to do it as it is for you to listen. I, I thank you all very much for your listenership. God bless you. Please tell a friend if you can. If Those of you that maybe you haven't told a friend, and those of you that have been trying and telling friends, you know, thank you so much. The Tanae, Mark Carlson. Uh, Dave Hickey, Brent Jacobson, all of you guys are, are just, you know, you know, your superstars are Justin Mayer Henry, Josh Mayer Henry, you know, you're all just superstars out there. Thank you very much. Tanae Brown, if, if I didn't mention, you guys have uh, done a lot to, for this show. Um, Dave Martin, Sam Gupta, all you guys, just, just awesome. Robin Sullivan, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> just thank you all, and just want to give you a nice uh, salute again for Veterans Day. God bless you all, and we'll be back for hopefully a 7-2 and two record.